Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. And I'm Adam. And this is our spoiler cast edition of Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. It's an instinct. together we're not alone good people will fight if we lead them people keep telling me they know me no one does Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. This is a spoiler cast. We're going to cover the whole movie from start to finish. Every twist, turn, reveal, cameo, Easter egg that we saw in one viewing. Yes. We're going to cover it all. This is it, folks. I'm trying to give you enough time if you're in a large living room. That you can get out of your chair, race across yes. the room, and hit the stop button. If if you just want to know our thoughts on the movie, go see episode. Go listen to episode eighty six. That's just our general review, 10, 12 minutes of Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. This is full blown things we loved, we hated. Spoilers: Who lives? Who dies? Who falls in love? You're going to get it all this week on the spoiler cast edition of Rise of Skywalker. So that should be enough time. If you're still listening, this is on you at this point. Absolutely. So don't get mad at us if we spoil anything and we gave you this long opportunity to turn it off. Absolutely. Okay, Adam, let's just jump right in. Jump. Get us going here. briefly go over our reviews of it. Yes. You were positive on the film. Positive. Three and a half out of five. Uh, I acknowledge there are warts in this film, but overall really liked it. And I was negative. I'm sitting at maybe two stars, and I, I feel like this might be the worst third film of any trilogy in the Star Wars universe, and it's the the worst of this new trilogy for me. I'm going to say it's the best of the new trilogy overall, and um, will fall somewhere in the middle of the pack as far as the nine films. Okay. Yep. So that's kind of how we came down on it. So let's get into it, my friend. So let's address the course correction at first, because people have been talking about Last Jedi since it came out two years ago. It was a cultural moment. Yep. Um, It's divisive. People like it. People hate it. People love it. People hate it. So J.J. Abrams had the agreeably unfair task of coming in, and what do you do with this film? Do you make something that follows it? Do you try to do some course corrections and get back the audience that may feel left out in the cold by the franchise all of a sudden? Yeah, I, I think that he, and this is where the argument will begin yeah. right away, I think he corrects the ship correct rightly, you know? I was not a huge fan of Episode Seven. I felt it was just a retread of A New Hope, the exact same story, you know, just different characters going through the, those same motions. 
I, I saw that there was some promise with um, with Ray and with Kylo Ren and their character and that those things, you know. But overall, it was not crazy. I would give it like two and a half, maybe three stars kind of a deal. Um, at, at, you know, The Last Jedi, about the same thing, two and a half, three stars. But it was very, I thought, technically a much, well, a, a much better crafted film, you know. <clears throat> and for me, episode seven is, okay, we've brought this thing, or episode nine is we've brought this thing home. Um, I think J.J., you know, did some neat, made some good, neat choices here. Some things I agreed with. Uh, he really, I think he leaned in to what is the fruit of a couple of young kids that have no official real training in the force or the, or the ways of this dark or the ways of the Sith really leaning into them. What if they're just unleashed? What, what, what if this is kind of wild, the, the older days of the force and the, and the, and the dark side, you know, and we get that with Kylo Ren, and we get that with Ray. Um, so I really liked and embraced a lot of that. So let's go to the questions. J.J. <clears throat> Abrams is famous <clears throat> for his mystery box approach to screenplays and, and projects. And he created a lot of these for us, and he answers some of them. But he doesn't get into all of them. For instance, uh, we get answers about the First Order. Yep. You know, that was a question. Where do they come from? What are they up to? We get answers about Ray's lineage. Yep. Uh, do we get an answer about how the Emperor is back or survived? Well, how about in the opening crawl, whispers of the Emperor? I mean, they're just announcing right yeah. from the beginning, the well, they, Emperor is back. They put him in the trailer. Yeah, you know, and so what they did, they kind of showed his hood and you heard his voice, that kind of thing. But when he appears at, at D23 or whatever, when he appeared at the Disney Con. And said, let's watch that again or something, you know. Yeah, I normally feel like this would have been something they hid under their belt. Right. But they're trying to get certain fans back that want Star Wars to be for them. Yeah. They didn't feel like Last Jedi was for them. So there's a open and obvious attempt to say, yes. here's what you like. We wrapped it up for you. Yep, here it is. You're going to like the way it tastes. Yeah, And you may or may not. Yeah. You know, it's just like I liked part of that meal and part of it I wasn't crazy about. So so let's can we jump right into some real yeah. big spoilers? Yeah. Okay. Ray is a Palpatine. Yep. I think I was correct. I think I, I the debate in the first before Force Awakens came out, we were debating is she a Skywalker, Kenobi, or Palpatine? Yeah. I think I came down on the Palpatine side. Yeah. She is the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine. Yep. Seeker family. You see him for a split second in this movie. They're the people yep. that dropped her off on Jakku. And they were actually good. They were trying to protect her. This is what's implied in a 15 second shot. Which is one of my complaints. I wish they'd have milled this out a little bit better. They could have trimmed some other stuff and milled this a little bit more. But it's implied that they were really good people. They were trying. They knew that her life was in danger, and much like a Luke Skywalker and a Princess Leia being dropped off on remote desert planets, she's left to, and that's her best anonymity is her best chance of survival. So, here's the weird thing, right? Okay. This is where if you pull at the strings, there's so much in this movie that doesn't seem very well thought out or makes sense. <laughs> yes. Because the ship that her parents left on right. was by a artifact hunter. They gave his name. He's an alien guy. Right. He took her parents away, but then he's an agent of Palpatine. He doesn't know where she is. He dies on another planet, and he's got a magic dagger that has a location of the MacGuffin, which is yes. a Sith Wayfinder. Yeah, so, so so let's let's get into that a little bit, because we had some debate about that yeah. and, and some of the silliness of this. 
the general point is there's a Sith temple homeworld planet area where Palpatine is rising again with an army of Sith and an army of ships and stuff. And he's going to he's going to institute what we discover is the final order, you know, of the, the galaxy. The first order is going to turn yeah. into the final to order. To the final order. And this is revealed early in the film. It's right. the second scene in the film. Yes. When Ray, I mean, Kylo's yes. out hunting for him. Yes. He's but, broadcasted this message that he's about to enact his revenge in 16 hours. Yes. But to get back to the, to the MacGuffin, the opening of the movie is... <clears throat> um, Kylo Ren finds this beacon. The Sith Wayfinder. The Sith Wayfinder. It's this thing that looks like a, a pyramid, a small mini glass looks pyramid. Looks like a holocron. Holocron, exactly. Yeah. And that enables you to find the Sith homeworld. Yep. You know? And so there's only ever been two of these made. Well, we find out the second one is on the Death Star that fell into the, to the it ocean. Was in Palpatine's vault. Right, in Palpatine's vault. And there's a Sith dagger... <laughs> I'm already shaking Go my ahead, head. Go ahead, Adam. Explain the Sith dagger to you. You've probably seen it in the trailer. There's a dagger that she finds that was owned by the artifact hunter that worked for Palpatine. Right, yes. And it has Sith text on it, which C-3PO can't translate with these protocols that he's not allowed to translate Sith writing. Right. He knows it, knows what it says, and that is a humorous moment to me. They literally have to wipe C-3PO, yeah. hack his brain. Clear his protocols. And when he does speak in the Sith in the Sith message, his eyes turn red. <laughs> so the dagger literally says, the other wayfinders in Palpatine's vault, written in Sith on this dagger. And then, the, this is near the end of the movie, we're just talking about this dagger, so we have to cover it. It's literally meant to be held up against the Death Star. Yeah, like a, a, a profile shot from far away. With these jagged edges that match up. That match up the Death Star. And, and then, then you pull a protractor wait, out a of protractor it. A protractor comes out. To indicate the exact location yes. of the vault, which is just in the throne room. Which you could have solved very easily by somebody just saying, oh yeah, our, our, have R2 or C-3PO say, yeah, when we were on the Death Star, blah, 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 they kept the, holo they kept the holocron on the Emperor's vault. Yeah, it's a weird MacGuffin, and, yeah. and if you weren't looking at the Death Star the right way, yeah, exactly, or in the right spot it's, or the right height, and how did Ray know to do that? You know. So anyway, so that's or why they bothered but to make. Yeah, I will say though, that brings us to one of my favorite scenes of the movie, and I know we're just all over the place, but that's just probably how it'll go. That brings us to one of my favorite scenes in the movie where Kylo Ren and Ray face off. He goes to confront her. Right, and they have this amazing, what I thought was an amazing interaction, fight scene, connection, with the with the wave. You've seen it in the trailer with the waves going all, all around and bursting, and they're fighting their lightsabers. Just phenomenal scene there, from my perspective. <laughs> I loved it. As far as lightsaber duels, I'm gonna say this is well below what happened in Force Awakens in the forest with the three way fight. And um, even the throne room fight, which is the highlight of the series for me from Last Jedi. I don't argue that it's not a technically good fight, but it, there's much more emotion in that fight, in this fight, than there was in the first one. And so I think that there's something about just almost losing your mind and just willing to kill the other person, and you kind of lose your form. And that's what I, how I took it when I saw it, so... So we know that the Emperor has issued this warning. He shocked the whole galaxy that he's still alive. Very weird, specific 16 hours. And I bring that up because all Star Wars movies are funny on time. They never work out if you try right. to think about it. Last Jedi, you're wondering <clears throat> how long they were on the run while Rey is training. It goes all the way back to Empire Strikes Back. 
how long was Luke actually training on Dagobah? We because don't know. Months, years, days? Couldn't have been for the timeline, because as soon as Han and Leia and Chewie get to Cloud City, they're captured, and Luke leaves to rescue them. But isn't time all relative across the universe? Right, and that's fine. They leave it vague. <laughs> Star Wars movies always feel like they take place over two or three days. Right. This one is so weird that it spills out 16 hours, and I just can't get past it, because that's telling everything happens between 8 a.m. and midnight. Yeah. And they go to four or five planets, and they're going back and forth. There's lots of hyperspace travel. <clears throat> yeah, that's a little strange. I have no idea why they pin themselves down to these 16-hour window. Again, it's that MacGuffin. We have to have a ticking time bomb, a ticking clock. Why says, put the time on I it? don't know, Adam. I, I'm agreeing with you. That's It's a little bit nonsensical. And it's the Emperor shooting himself in the foot. Why announce his presence when his master plan involves getting these Is ships Is it the whole up? plan of the Sith to be stealthy and behind yeah. the scene and hidden and not known? Because he's got these Star Destroyers with Death Star weapons on them, big laser cannons. That can destroy whole planets. And he just needs to get them out where they can have their shields up and be safe. But they're vulnerable where they are, yeah. so he's invited the Resistance to come get them in this magic 16-hour window while yeah. they're all defenseless. So here's where we've been so far, right? The movie opens. Kylo Ren is going to find the Sith planet. It goes back to Rey. What's, what's well, no, it, it jumps to Poe and Finn first because there's a First right. Order traitor. Yes. And they're trying to get some information back to Leia. And this is our first chance to see Leia. And again, I, I think the footage they use is pretty flawless. You, you buy that she's in the shot. It's not like what they did to Lydia in Sopranos. Yeah. Which is really bad after that actress passed away. So this, this mostly works. Yeah. And... They keep wrecking the Millennium Falcon in this movie. Oh, it's very funny. And they do something that a lot of people are probably going to have issue with here, because when they're trying to escape with the information, what do they call it? Um, not light speed skipping, but like... Oh, yeah, they call it... Um, yeah, it's light speed skipping is what it's called. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very not, weird. I'm not trying to be snarky here. It's literally Poe with the light speed lever on, off. On, off. off. And on, he keeps, off. he'll pop into a world somewhere and fly between cities. He'll pull it and pop it again. He flies between mountains and trees and pop it again. He's in a snowstorm, a mountainous area. In atmospheres, not even yes. in not in all space. this big global space. Yeah, I hear you. And so, they're okay. just teleporting around and the First Order somehow following them. Okay, so walk, walk us to where we are so far because I feel like we're all over the place. They're coming back. They've gotten the information that there's a First Order traitor. Right. Poe and Finn are just trying to get this back to the planet right. with General Leia, and Rey is training there. We've now right. actually seen some training. So, so far we know the Sith are, are the, that the Emperor Palpatine is back. He's issued this warning. In 16 hours, he will unleash his revenge, revenge on the universe, on the galaxy. And they know the only way to get there is to find this, this triangle thing, you know. The Wayfinder. The Wayfinder. They know somebody who knows where the Wayfinder is, and that's what causes them to end up on that planet. Luke was looking for it. Luke. They, they're going to follow up in the footsteps of Luke. Yes. And Luke, for some reason, wrote down his notes in the Sacred Jedi text in the margins. In the margins. <laughs> just put down, you know, hey, um, I, the last thing I did before I decided I was going to spend the rest of my life on this island and die was I visited this planet. With Lando. With Lando. Of all people. And so when they visit the planet, guess who they run into? Lando. Lando is introduced back into our story here. This is a planet that's having sort of a burning man party in the desert. It's a yep. celebration of life. All these aliens are shooting off colorful smoke bombs, yeah. fireworks. And where else would Lando be? Where the party's happening, man. Lando's randomly there and has a transmission from Leia to tell them something. Yep. 
And this is a weird scene. It feels forced we get Lando in one more scene. Right. Because he's just inside this vehicle. They could have shot it later on a soundstage. I know they had some reshoots because he's not outdoors at all in this scene. Right. It's a weird intro for the character because... I agree. Who recognizes him? Like, they wouldn't know who this guy is. Uh, was it C-3PO? said Lando? I can't remember who it was. Yeah, maybe Poe. But anyway, they end up getting Lando and... and um, They don't leave with him. He just gives them information. Yeah, Poe Dameron off. has a moment with one of his... We find out that Poe used to run Spice. Yeah. Used to be a spice runner, and so there's which is the criminal underworld. Spice is a drug in Star Wars. Yes, not Dune. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and so we find out he has a checkered past, and there's a lady pilot smuggler. Not there. That's a different planet. Oh my God, you're right. Where was she at? The Cold War planet. <sighs> so, no, they just there's a speeder chase that happens. The first order That's is looking right. for him. Yes, you're right. That's right. And we literally just we literally got out of the theater, drove a hundred miles, and we're in the podcast booth. So, yeah. anyway, this is the speeder chase you see in the trailer. They steal two speeders. Yes, they're trying to find this ship. It's the same ship that Ray's parents were on. Um, it's been in the desert. Luke found it, but the pilot wasn't there. Right. And there's a boring chase sequence. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'll give it to you. That it's not that all all that inspiring. And it, it's actually lifted from Force Awakens. Did you know this? JJ had a whole snow speeder chase with that vehicle, that treaded vehicle. Right. It was all filmed and cut from Force Awakens. <laughs> this is it again. I'm pretty sure that this is the same sequence yeah. he's worked back in. Could be. And it's just lackluster. It's just yeah. them versus four stormtroopers. And so where does Poe Dameron run into his? After they leave, they go to this Cold War planet. Because that's the next step to get to the MacGuffin, right? Yep. Yep. And then that's where Poe runs into, is it Rez, Roz? Oh, we're still on this desert oh, planet. yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. They hit some quicksand. Yes. Get sucked underground, and that's where they find the, the body of the pilot. He had also, years ago... Had died. Had fallen under, and Ray reveals one of her new powers. There's a giant snake that attacks him, and she shows us that she can heal. It's, Which, it's kind of like a mix between a snake and a worm. Yeah. It wasn't very snaky looking, but it had the, the teeth, and the, the, teeth and the mouth of a snake with the body of a worm. And this is different than other healing that we may have seen in the extended universe where you can, you know, suture wounds or, or close up wounds. This is actually her transferring life force, which is going to matter later in the film. Yes, absolutely. Okay. The Knights of Ren finally show up. Yes. And let's just say there's no exposition given to these guys. They just have bladed weapons. They're nothing special. They follow Kylo Ren around. So they show up and they kidnap Chewbacca. Yes. And here's a scene that's probably going to have some controversy for force power use. The two trans, well, a transport takes off. We think Chewie's aboard, but spoiler, it's a different transport. But this is also a big reveal in the movie. Go ahead. Ray uses the force to hold back this troop transport, which is Big, a good size giant, ship. Big, giant, probably holds 500 people transport. Kylo Ren has now shown up. This is him with the Knights of Ren, and he's trying to counter her. And Ray, in her struggle to hold this ship back, shoots force lightning out of her hand. Yes. Fries the ship and it explodes, and she thinks she's killed Chewbacca. Yep. And have we learned at this point she is a Palpatine or not? No. But that's like strong foreshadowing. Force lightning went out of her hand and, and destroyed that. Ship. Kylo Ren now knows she's a Palpatine because in the earlier scene, when he runs into Palpatine, Palpatine is revealed he wants to give him this empire. 
but he needs to bring this girl to him. Right. And he says, I'll, she's more than you think. Right. So off screen, he explains to Kylo. Because yes. yeah. Kylo's ultimately going to break it to her. Yeah. That she's a Palpatine later. Okay. So now. <laughs> I'm letting Adam explain this because I'll be all over the place again. <laughs> yeah. So now they go to this planet that's overrun by the First Order. Right. It's cold, dark. There's a First Order patrol yep. on every street. They're, they're knocking on every door looking for the, the little, refugee girl. They're looking for a little droid smith. Yes. Because they have to get C-3PO to wipe his memory, clear the protocol that's preventing him from translating yes. the Sith text. That's right. And then one of Poe's ex-love interest shows up. Who's sort of a bounty hunter, I would say, yeah. is profession. Spice runner, ex spice runner. Gang. Yep. She said the crew. Smuggler. Yeah. She shows up. This is Carrie Russell's character, Azuri. And not a lot goes on in this planet. The droid Smith does revert C3PO's memory. Right. They get the answer. This is that the Death Star vault is holding the other key finder or wayfinder. Yep. And then the Star Destroyer shows up and Ray senses that Chewbacca's aboard. Right. So they need to go on a rescue mission. And this is where they get this weird chip. It looks like right. a poker chip. And they're, they're explained it's a first order captain's credit or something. And we're still debating this weird Yeah, object. it was not needed, really. You know, J.J. loves to bring out these little items that we've never seen in a Star Wars universe before. And make it sound like they're used all the time. Yeah, Zuri says it can be used to get free passage in any system. It'll let you, you land on every ship. You put this little captain's chip in your ship, and you can go anywhere in the galaxy. And every That's ship, so stupid. Every ship, including this ancient artifact hunter ship, has a thing that pops up that'll receive the chip. Yes, every ship. Even oh, after, conveniently, the even first... after nine films, this is the first one we've ever seen this chip in. Yes, and every ship's built to take one. And it just lets them land on the Star Destroyer. They just get permission to land. Yeah. It's weird. We were debating. I mean, they could have easily just steal another Stormtrooper transport. Exactly. But anyway. Saved a bunch of steps. So, and that, the Millennium Falcon's been towed away by TIE fighters at this point. Now, have so Ky- it's conveniently has Kylo Ren and Ray had their fight on the... Still not yet. We're getting to that point. He's looking for her on the planet. He does not know that she has gone up to the Star right, Destroyer. Right. That's right. They introduced the Force connection again in this movie, but there's a new twist... You saw them touch fingers in Last Jedi. Now objects can come through because Kylo Ren has pulled her necklace off. Now, it was foreshadowed because there were moments in The Last Jedi where, like, sweat and water and things transferred between the two of them. But in this one, they can literally take stuff off the other one, take a necklace off. Later, it will come back into the story. So once she's aboard the transport, she goes to Kylo's chambers to get the dagger Poe and Finn go to rescue Chewie. Yep. She's in his chambers, and they can see each other again. They actually start a lightsaber battle. They're fighting each other. Yes. And the object's in either environment. He's down on the planet. She's on the Star Destroyer getting destroyed by lightsaber swings. And it's only when she turns and looks at Vader's helmet, he realizes instantly where she's at. Yeah, it gets destroyed. He sees it on the ground. It's come through to where he is. So he races back to the... um, Spaceship. Yep. And there is this moment, which I love, that, you know, they, they um, find the Millennium Falcon. They're going to, they, and that's, and this is everybody but Ray. They've, they've got Chewie, saved him. 
They're flying away. Ray's on a landing pad with all the Knights of Ren all around her. Kylo Ren is there, the ultimate big kind of first initial showdown. And she backs up to the edge of the uh, landing zone. This is where he tells her she's a Palpatine. This is where, yeah, and he tells her, you're a Palpatine. And there's a— And join him. The hand comes out. Join him, and the hand is there, you know. And she's like, forget you. And she jumps, jumps over into the Falcon, and they speed away. He follows them, of course, and this is where they come to the ocean planet where the Death Star has fallen into, correct? Or am I ahead of myself? Yes, you, that's where yeah. they go. They go to Endor. Yeah. Different side of Endor than we've seen, but there's the wreckage mainly of the yeah. Death Star. Yeah. They run into the people on horses that we've seen in the trailer. These people are actually former stormtroopers, just like Finn. They they defected, they escaped, and they yeah. crashed and on Endor. that's kind of a neat little moment. That's kind of, that's something original that I liked about the, about the movie. I forget the character's name, but outside of Zuri, this is only the other real new character here. Um, she's the lady on the horse with the bow. She doesn't get much screen time. None yeah. of the new characters really matter no. in this film. They're introduced. Yeah. They're made to sell toys. Yep. But that's where she's introduced, and they have to get to the Death Star. Ray goes out there ahead of them. Yeah, she can't wait. She's going There's after There's huge waves, that. so she takes this Star Wars version of a sailboat. Yep. She gets out there. We get some cool shots of her scavenging, just like the first film, Force yep. Awakens. Kind she's, of a nice callback. She's climbing through. She gets to the throne room. And she finds the vault. The vault actually opens for her, so it must recognize her as a as a palpatine. Heir. Yeah, maybe he left it to her in his will. Hey, there you go. <laughs> she gets in there. <laughs> she finds the wayfinder, and she has a vision. This is what you've seen in the trailer: dark ray with the double lightsaber. Yes, not she... much of a scene, just a quick flurry of attacks, yeah. and she falls out, and the door shuts. So, so any theories about Ray being a clone were off. Yep. I was in that boat because we saw the dark ray, and I thought that's what her vision was in Last Jedi in the mirror. Yeah. When she saw yeah. lots of versions of herself, I thought she might be some sort of clone of the Emperor. Yeah. Absolutely. Nope. nope. But this is Kylo Ren shows up again. He's tracked her down. And he destroys the Wayfinder. Yep. And then they end up out on outside, have this incredible battle, great interaction. There's a line that she says... How does she say it? She said, I would have followed, I would have took that hand if it was Ben, or yeah. I would have took Ben's hand. And she's still trying to call, and he, and you can see, at least I can see, he's really conflicted, and and they're, they're, the, the battle's very emotional, very back and forth, a lot of just anger between the two of them, and it's to the point where they're pretty evenly. It's like they can't really beat each other, and then he gets the upper hand and can't kill her. That's kind of how I read that. Here's the weird moment in the film for me. Okay. Because this is also when Leia shuffles off and dies. Yes. <laughs> and this wasn't handled all that well, I don't think, because it's confusing what actually was happening here. So here's how... I'll give my read, and then you give me your read. My read was Leia is sensing for the first time she can feel that Ben slash Kylo Ren is at a moment is at a moment of indecision, and she realizes the only way she can save her son is to go like Luke did and project herself to to her son. You know, um, and all she says is Ben. She there's this great you know it's like he's ready to kill her. He really can't, and she says Ben. And he he's like so startled to hear his mother's voice that he drops his turns off his lightsaber and drops it, and Ray just puts one right in his gut. Yep. 
to, I mean, catches his lightsaber, turns it back on, and puts one right in Kylo Ren's gut to kill him. And you're like, oh, crap. Now, that kind of surprised me, that, that you know, right in the middle of the film that that happened. But then He's been she, gut shot before. Yes, but then she puts her hand on him, and she heals him, right? Yep. And they have this moment of going back and forward, and that's when she says to him, I would have took Ben's hand. I would have took Ben Skywalker's hand, you know, but not yours. And so you can... I felt that there's there's a pull between these two. These they're they're yeah. What's the word? They're, they're not into each other, but there there's just this attraction. There's a drawing of the two of them together. You know, um, at least I could feel it. And and then she, you know, she's like, "I'm taking your Tie Fighter and I'm getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving you here." You know, you're not dead, but you're stranded. And so he's stranded. And then we have what was a big surprise for me. Yeah, it was a surprise. Han Solo shows up, not as a Force ghost, thankfully. Um, More as a memory. As a memory. Kylo Ren is... This goes back to what Luke said in Last Jedi, that I'll be in your head just like your dad. Yeah. And really brings Ben Skywalker out, out, brings out Ben. That's when he kind of, in my book, becomes Ben Skywalker, you know. And he's like... I now know what I have to do, and and I think in his mind he's thinking I got to go kill Palp- Palpatine because I can't kill Ray. No, I can't believe this part was written for Harrison Ford originally. I think this had to have been Leia's role. Yes, absolutely. This is but that, yeah. This is the best possible way they could have handled it, yep. given the hand they were dealt with Carrie Fisher unfortunately passing. To have Han Solo come back as a figment of a memory, and set Kylo on his final path. Yeah. Now, now this, ultimately it's bad because. It took all that effort of her force power to project the word Ben and really just impress upon him. She dies. I mean, she gives up the ghost right there, you know? And it was a very odd yeah, moment, you know? Yeah, and I, I thought they could have done it when and shown the projection. We know that projecting himself killed Luke. Right. And they, they could have just had her as a force ghost or something. But kind of I think projection. they decided they were not going to CGI her in. I think they did, though. I think some of the stuff was some CG because their costumes yeah. change. I mean, there was some yeah. CG, but yeah, it, it was weird. And people was, are going to wonder why she just went to bed and died in the middle of the scene. It, it's strange. Right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, kind of a weird deal, but she's off to go now to, you know, she's left. She's going to go confront Palpatine. She goes to Luke's planet. Oh, that's right. She does. Yes. Oh my gosh. Go ahead, Adam. She pulls a Luke. She goes to Luke's planet and sets the TIE fighter on fire. And yeah. decides she's going to go to the island and forget it. She's done. She's given up. She thinks she's going to be evil. She's got a vision of herself on the throne, yep. and now she's going to want to pull the Luke and just stay on this island until she dies. She didn't learn much. Well, then Luke shows up as the Force Ghost, yeah. right as she throws her lightsaber into the fire in the Tie Fighter. Oh, good moment. He catches that lightsaber and walks out of the fire. I thought that was a cool moment. Me. Well, fan service because he literally says you shouldn't throw a lightsaber away or something like that, Even which is he what did he did in, the, in, the, in his movie. <laughs> and he he admits that staying in the island was a mistake. This is yes. the course correction that they're kind yes. of slamming Last Jedi yeah. a few times because yeah. they'll mention the Holdo He's, maneuver. He comes out and said, "I was wrong." Yeah. But they all were. Yoda did the same thing. Was Yoda wrong to stay on yeah. Dagobah? It, it's no, tough yeah. to say. It, it's so. There is an overarching message that I get from these guys is with Yoda and with him, Obi-Wan. with Qui Gon, Obi Wan. They're afraid to fully embrace the Force. They they they're they're afraid that they'll be turned to the dark side, because they can't. It's fear that holds them back from embracing all that they can become. 
And the saving grace for this movie for me is the end where Rey embraces and she says, I am the Jedi. I'm all the Jedi. She embraces every bit of it. And I don't know, that just... There's some real connective tissue for me in this film with with some of this, you know, because she wasn't trained in a traditional, she wasn't given the limitations of indoctrination and training. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Ray decides she's going to go face Palpatine. She pulls the Wayfinder from the burning TIE fighter. Again, this is course correction. She levitates Luke's, oh, Luke actually does it. Luke levitates his X-Wing yep. out of the water Brings that we saw the last ocean. Jedi which, again, is what the fans wanted from the last one. She flies off to face him, and as she navigates, it's like a red nebula. Yeah. As she navigates it to the Sith world, she transmits her path to the rebellion, to the resistance. So they can all come. They're, they all jump in their ships and go. The Millennium Falcon's been magically repaired again after yep. it crash-landed and ruined all of its landing gear for some reason on the Endor. <laughs> you just got to roll your eyes and go with it. That's from my perspective. <laughs> yeah, Adam again, rolls his eyes and shakes his head. <laughs> On the 16-hour day that they purposely pointed yes, out, Millennium yes. Falcons had major repairs twice now. Yeah. And they get to the Sith world. There's hundreds of Star Destroyers. Which is kind of a weird, Bioshocky laboratory, weird kind of Sith temple. There's giant statues. There's With, like, you know, equipment. little Snokes in tu- tubes being... I mean, some weird stuff that I didn't understand what was going yeah, on here. Yeah, he, he admits he grew Snoke. It was a creation of his own. Yeah. We'll get to why that's problematic here in a minute, but this world is these giant statues and lightning storms, and in the atmosphere is hundreds of Star Destroyers. There's no explanation on a few things. How he's building these. Right. Where the manpower is coming from. There's crew. They're all crew. Now, the only leap of faith that I can take here is... And he's in wild space. Yeah. We see them... Like they've been there forever and they come up out of the ice kind of a deal. So like they've been, wait, you know, it's it's almost like the, the, the Sith planet has been waiting for their moment to go out and take over, you know. But with newer tech than what was in the original trilogy. Uh, it's, a, it's a leap. I, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's and, a stretch for me to put that, <laughs> yeah. connect the, the, those dots. And where all these man, where all the manpower comes from. Yeah, what was the wasn't it the Knights of Ren that showed up and and powered all those ships? They actually they have crews and the weird yeah, armor. I don't design. know. It's very very. All the star gunners. Remember the weird black helmets now have a red part to the helmet. Yeah. It just felt like they were mixing and matching from the wardrobe yeah. department. And the stormtroopers are red armor and they're Sith troopers. Yeah. No explanation if they're clones, where these ships came from, and more importantly, there's not one explanation of how the Emperor is back. Never. You don't. It, they just say he's back, and that's he it. He says he survived death once. He made some comment like yeah. that. We don't know if it's the same body. He's got his fingers are deformed, and he's blind in both well, eyes. Well, there's books that have to be written. And he's hooked to a <laughs> giant machine, like a crane. Right. He's attached to the front he's of a crane. He's barely alive, yes. And he's got all this medicine pumping into him, but we don't know how he got there. Yep. But he's been planning the final order. He's going to use his fleet. To destroy, I guess, the entire galaxy that doesn't bow to him. He just needs to get them out of the system because while they're on the Sith world with the magnetic storms, they can't navigate and they can't put up their shields because, right. unfortunately, <clears throat> with all Death Star plans, their guns are linked to the main reactor. Yep. Blow up the gun, blow up the ship. Yep, absolutely. So the Rebel fleet is coming in to try to take out these Star Destroyers while they're unshielded. 
Right. And Ray is beginning her confrontation with the Emperor. Yeah. And 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 you know, I I like this last third of the movie. This I, I will say the space battle was man, it was just okay, you know, compared to some stuff we've gotten before. Um, I don't know that there's a worse space battle. Yeah, well, yeah, it's hard for me to argue with you, but it, it's just okay, you know. Um, and then, you know, the ground assault ends up on the wing of a Star Destroyer. So here's another thing. Uh, there's yeah. a shield, not a shield, it's a navigation sensor. Antenna. It's an antenna. That lets them know directions in this magnetic storm. Because there's no comms on the ships that are more than just these it, little it, teeny antennas. It's located on the surface. And it can't be destroyed by any other way by ground assault. It's pretty ridiculous. I mean, you can put a flipping antenna in the shell of an iPhone, but you can't put one in the shell of a ship. <laughs> yes, it's on the ground. And it's going to get more ridiculous in a minute. Like I said, it, it's immune <laughs> to bombs and torpedoes and everything else for some reason. It's not even that big. Yes, so they need a ground assault. So they have the horses loaded up on a transport. As they approach the ground one, they, they okay. just shut it down. We learned something here. Sith are stupid. Yes. Because they're like, look, there's a ground assault. Turn off this antenna and fire the one up on the ship. So then they activate another one up on the on the <laughs> new First Order command yes, ship. Yes, the new commander ship. Not these Star Destroyers with the Death Star weapons. Yes. Just this First Order command ship. It's oh, the same yeah. antenna. It's just on top. Yes. And this is why you see the horses. So now we move the horses. They land on the Star Destroyer. And run across the shell. And run across the shell of the, of the ship. And again, it can only be taken out by a ground assault for some reason. Some reason, phasers and photons and torpedoes and cables with hooks on them—none of that will work. And they're counting on Lando bringing in help. Billy D has gone to the core yep. rim. Yep. And he's put out a distress signal—the same one they tried before with Leia's code. But nobody would come to. Nobody came in last. But it Jedi. wasn't Lando doing it. This is now Lando in the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Asking for help. Oh, man. Like I said, there are some stuff you roll your eyes, warts here and there, stuff that Adam can't get past, but I'm able to get past these things. I give a white latitude for Star Wars, but this is just too much. <laughs> uh, so the Emperor's master plan is now unveiled. He's in this throne room. You've seen this giant, rocky, savage-looking throne. Yeah. And it's and an amphitheater. It ends amphitheater. Up there's hundreds of thousands of black-robed people you never see their face or their hands right. there's no explanation given for them other than the emperor saying all the sith are in me are these <laughs> apparitions they're not force ghosts they're not glowing no they seem physical yeah and they're clap not clapping and cheering they're chanting and yeah. they're making noise and they, it's weird <laughs> but there's like i said we never really get a good look at them because they're all just black in a dark background right but the emperor's grand plan is for Ray to strike him down, yep. and then all the Sith will be in her. Yes, and she'll become the new Sith Lord and lead the galaxy into destruction. That's the plan, which, but, when taken into account with the other films, makes absolutely no sense, yes. because Snoke was the Emperor's puppet, now, and Snoke was just trying to kill Ray for two movies. Yes, yeah, so it's a lot of retconning going on here. They can say the Emperor was planned from the beginning, but I just don't buy it. No way. Now, we did skip one fact. When Kylo Ren was back out on the original Death Star that fell into the sea, when he decides he's been Skywalker, even though he never says that, he takes his lightsaber and tosses it into the ocean. The red one with the hilt guard. Yes, and, and, and gets rid of it. 
And changes clothes. <laughs> changes clothes, and he goes after. He's now casual Ben. Yes, casual Ben. <laughs> Kylo to casual Ben as well. Hey, now be nice here. No, I'm just kidding. Casual Ben is on the way. Yes. And he shows up and he starts fighting these Knights of Ren trying to get into. They no longer respect him. Yeah. They'll, they'll respect Kylo Ren, but not casual but not Ben. Not casual Ben. No, sir, buddy. It, it just rhymes with Kylo Ren. It just yeah. sounds so good. Kylo Ren and casual Ben. So the Knights of Ren start fighting casual Ben. Yep. And he only has a blaster. And that's it. And he's he's holding his own. But then we get another force trick, don't we? The Emperor is waiting for Rey to strike him down, which we know is not going to happen. This is sort of the scene where the Emperor wanted Luke to strike down Vader. Right. Rey reaches behind like she's going to swing down on him, and she drops her lightsaber into Casual Ben's hands because they're yeah. connected. And there's a great funny moment where he kind of motions with his hands like, oh, okay. <laughs> they hint that they can see each other, but the moment is well done. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all the Knights of Ren are like, uh-oh, we're in trouble. And he just waylays them and, and lays waste to them. So he runs into the inner chamber where they are, and they confront Palpatine together. And he realizes that they're not going to surrender. They're not going to stop. So he, you know, he takes the Force Lightning and tries to kill him, knocks him down. We knocks Ben into a ravine well he first the first time he just shoots them both and they fall down and he realizes that doing that he was taking their life he was taking their life force you know and here's a weird thing yeah because kylo ren makes some mention of this duology the two become one it's gibberish that he just spits out at some point during the movie yeah and then the emperor does the same thing so i don't know if this is some prophecy they're referencing or i don't either but the Emperor realizes that he can drain their life. so And so he drains enough of their life to become mobile, not in need of the tubes and all that stuff. He gets off his crane. Gets off his crane. And um, he throws Kylo Ren, or now Casual Ben, as we'll refer to <laughs> him. <laughs> I need to trademark that. I'm telling you. Uh, he throws him into the oblivion to die like his... You know, like 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 he died, kind of a deal. Like your like your like like your grandfather did to me, or whatever. You know, some line, some stupid line he throws out, and we're just left with Ray on the floor, unconscious, unconscious. And then the Emperor opens the roof. You can see the battle going on ahead. The fleet has now jumped in. There's yep. tens of thousands of ships that have come. Yeah, I mean, it fills the screen. It's an impressive shot. But they don't ever really get into the action of all these right. ships. They, yep. We see it from down below, and we don't see much. You don't really get the full scale of what's going on up there. And then the Emperor shoots lightning out of both his hands into the battle. <laughs> it sounds comical when you actually say it. It was comical because okay, it was a this is bit. magical seeking lightning because it only, only affects the good friendly ships. ships yep, the good ships. Not the TIE fighters, not the unshielded Star Destroyers. He controlled it with this awesome, all the Sith are in me force powers. <laughs> yes. And the monks are whatever, the Sith acolytes chanting. Are, yeah, are chanting. The, the chanting gets louder. And he's, you know. And uh, Ray awakens. The ships it, are now falling. Yeah. They yes. lost their systems like they've been ionized. She pulls her lightsaber. He then turns his attention to, to her. And his intention is to kill her. He's going on about how all the Sith live in him, and he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And she has this epiphany, right? Would you call it an epiphany? She has this moment where she realizes she starts to hear all the former Jedi's voices. She's been trying earlier. She can't hear the dead. Right. 
And she starts hearing, and, and we get them all, Yoda and Ben and Luke and Qui-Gon. And, you know, all, we get all the former, you know, uh, 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 Jedi's voices telling her that they're with her. They're one with her. She's with, you know, we're one with you. We're with you. And she has this cool thing where she's blocking. He shoots her with lightning. She's blocking it with one lightsaber but can't do it. And they're letting her know that she's one with them. And she reaches with her other hand and, and draws um, Kylo Ren's lightsaber, which is actually his mother's lightsaber. So this was course correction again. Yes. We got a 20-second scene of Luke and Leia with some de-aging tech, CG, of Leia training with Training Luke. to be a Jedi. Again, they're course correcting because people criticize Last Jedi about Leia using force powers. So they're trying to show us that Luke did train her. Right. But she walked away from the training. And interesting, they had matching blue lightsabers, you know, mm -hmm. which was with their twins, and that would make sense, you know. Uh, and so she grabs, she pulls Leia's lightsaber. So she has Luke and Leia's lightsaber in her hand. She makes an X with it to block the lightning, and literally expels all of her life force, pushes up, and kills Palpatine. She walks towards him. Yes. <laughs> Reflects the lightning on him. Yes. And he burns up. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a la Temple of Doom kind of death. We've seen this before. <laughs> or, or Raiders of the Lost Ark death. We've seen Obi-Wan casually just block lightning with his lightsaber from Dooku. We've seen Yoda do it with his lightsaber. We've seen Yoda do it with his hand. Yep. We've seen Mace Windu handle it like a pro. Yes. And actually just reflect the Emperor's lightning back into his face and deform him. Yes. It, for some reason, ends Ray's life. I, I would argue it does not end Ray's life. I would argue that Ray realized the only way she was going to kill Palpatine or push all that back was to throw all of her life, her force essence and life at him. And she pushes with everything that she is and empties herself. That would be my take. To the the cat the normal force lightning he's throwing, but you're saying this is special force lightning? <laughs> yes, because he's in the Sith temple, the Sith homeworld. He's got all the Sith in him. He's it's like kind of he's got the home field advantage going on here. Adam's not buying it. He's giving me he's giving me dirty looks across the studio. I'm here. just saying there's no struggle. The lightsabers don't even move before when they get blocked. Uh, okay, and... maybe I'm reaching just a hair, but I, I'm sticking to my story. Yeah. So Ray burns him up and then drops dead. The Jedi seem really fragile in these movies because now yeah. we've had Luke drop dead, Leia drop dead, Ray drop dead. Kylo Ren drop dead. Yeah, he kind of died earlier in this movie. Yes. She brought him back from the gut wound. And then we see a hand on the cliff. Casual Kylo, Ben. Casual Ben is back. <laughs> and he walks over and he literally, and I thought this, Adam thought it was funny and, and dumb maybe. I don't know about dumb, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't take it the same way I did. He takes her up in his arms and he puts his hand kind of on her belly, bosom, whatever here, her, 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 her gut area, and he just empties his life force into her and brings her back to life. And they have this very tender moment where she calls him Ben and knows that he's Ben, and he they kiss. They like to share this kiss, and you For see all this, the Raylo fanatics. Yeah, and they see this joyful moment where he laughs, and then he leans back and he ghosts. He dis he he dis he disappears. Fragile Jedi theory. <laughs> he drops like a fainting goat. Oh man, yes, it does sound so silly when you say it out loud. I'm sorry, 
but it touched me. It, oh, Madeline uh, got my heart, man. Yeah. I loved it. I know. I'm a little softy or something. There's the other question, because turning into a force ghost, we've learned, is a trained technique. Qui-Gon was the first one to figure it out, and he taught Yoda and taught Obi-Wan. They're breaking the rules. These kids don't need rules. They're, they don't need laws on them on how you do things. They just do it. Vader was burned up, and then he later became a Force ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Casual touch, Ben. Touching is moment. Casual no Ben gives his life, and he fades away, and she's restored. The Empire, the the the, the last nation, for, fourth nation, fifth nation, <laughs> whatever it the is. The final order. The final order, whatever this group was, is defeated. And we get this big montage of everybody hugging and kissing. Well, let's go back. We get a subpar version of what they did in the Return of the Jedi Special Edition. Yes. Where they cut to these other planets. Yes. But they only show us two. Two. They two show of them. Cloud City yep. with the Star Destroyer crashing and behind Endor. it. And Endor. And then Endor with just two random Ewoks. I thought it'd be Wicked, but it didn't look like Wicked. I, don't, I couldn't tell. I don't it know was, my Ewoks. It was just, just a quick bam, there's the. Uh, but they didn't show us anywhere else like what the special edition did. They showed us Naboo. They showed us Coruscant. Right. Yeah, nothing like that. And that leads to one of my other criticisms of this trilogy. It feels so small, especially coming after the prequels, because the prequels really, I felt like, expanded the universe. We saw these populous cities. Yes. Even Solo, we got yeah. Corellia. I would say it's more intimate. <laughs> you would say it's small, but it's okay. But the way they even handled in um, Force Awakens, the New Republic gets wiped out. Yes. And we never see these worlds except for a quick shot of yeah. where the New Republic is located. No, I, I, no, I, I hear what you're saying. So it just seems so weird to me that they even put in these two shots of just two random worlds that <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah, it, it was weird choice. I thought that whole, that whole segment was just too long and too much of a, I mean, let's give, it's just very fan service-y, let's give Chewbacca a medal. They give him a medal from, and it even looks like the same medal from Yavin. It's Leia's medal is what I thought it was. That he, that she gave him, he said, because she says, Maz says, Leia wanted you to have this. <laughs> and so he gets the Star Wars and New Hope medal he never got before, you know? It, again, fan you service know. that just feels yeah. really Everybody forced. hugs, you know, but, and when they get through all that mess, there's an awesome end to the movie. And I loved it. And they end up, she goes back to Tatooine, back to Luke's home, where he was raised as a boy. And she takes his lightsaber and Leia's lightsaber. She wraps him up carefully and uses the force and she buries him down into the sand. And then she turns and looks at the um, at the two sunsets and it kind of fades fades to black. Now, what? And we also see she has a gold lightsaber. When did we see that? She does it here. She ignites it. She she pulls her new lightsaber. And it's a yellow it, blade. And it's a yellow blade. And then she looks at these suns, and it's just like a fade to black. And, oh, my heart. I just loved it. I loved that. That gave me the closure I needed for this series. Can I poke one little hole in that Go scene? for it. Yes. So J.J.'s often been criticized for not understanding characters. Poe's droid is BB-8. Yes. He's always worried about him. Yes. He throws a fit earlier because she knocks a tree over on BB-8 and damages one of his panels. Yes. He wants to know what did she do with BB-8. Yes. Why is she with BB-8 at this end of this movie? Why not bring R2 back with you? Doesn't even need a droid. 
Yeah, I yeah, I hear what you're saying. But they put BB-8 in the scene. It's just this weird thing because the same thing C-3PO goes on this mission instead of R2, and you can tell it's just because C-3PO's had nothing to do with this trilogy. Right. And you got to give Anthony Daniels some um, some screen time. He gets some actual FaceTime, I think. Oh, was that one of the cameos? I, think he was, I thought that he was, was Wedge. I thought that was Wedge and Tilly's. Oh, maybe it was. They don't yeah. say the character's name. There's a pilot in the Millennium Falcon on the gunner. Yeah. And I think I it's Wedge it was, and Tilly's. I thought it was Anthony Daniels. Maybe, it it might have been. I, I'm just thinking it's it was so Wedge. It's so quick. It was just like, oh, is that so-and-so? Yeah. But that's the thing about these droids, that R2 would seem the more natural droid for her if you were looking at it from a perspective. But so she Luke's never gone. made the connection. She made the connection Luke. on Jakku with BB-8. She did, but the owner's still alive. It's That's Poe's droid, where R2-D2 <clears throat> no longer has a master. Well, maybe, yeah. I think it would just been a nicer scene with R2. Okay, so that's, that's kind of going to wrap up. That's like the complete spoiler cast of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, that's about half the length of the movie, so... <laughs> I'm going to see it again. <clears throat> maybe I'll be I'm going to see it again as well. My major knocks are just... The action's not that good. I was unengaged during the movie. The one emotional beat that worked for me was Han Solo. The stuff at the end of Palpatine did not work with me at all. I just felt like he was thrown in this movie to have a big bad. It doesn't line up as a coherent trilogy, but I didn't think it would. And just there's not much high in it for me. It's just mainly all lows. I think that a lot of your um, assessment of the film is correct. Um, but my takeaway is I get enough of those feel-good Star Wars moments for me that I really, really, it overcome the warts that I had to endure watching the film. So I, I'm right now sitting at about a three and a half. It may go up, it may go down a little bit after a second viewing. But I was very positive on the film um, from my perspective. So Yeah, and it does sour Last Jedi a little bit. I like the message in there about the Force being for everybody and not just these bloodlines. I like the idea of Rey being a nobody. Yeah, but, but we were, now we're back to chosen ones, and yeah, yeah, just yeah. you know that. Kind I hear of all your arguments, Adam. So. I I respect them. I just view it a little differently. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's going to wrap it up for our spoiler cast edition of Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. Um, when we come back next time on the podcast, we're going to do our end of the year top ten films of the year and a top ten films of the decade episode. So. Some cool stuff coming at you. Um, you can find us at Film Coterie anywhere there's social media. Right, Adam? Yep. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Go ahead, Adam. And just remember, Casual Ben, you heard it here first. Casual Ben, you heard it here first. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the Film Coterie podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>